Welcome back to the Posh Cockney Podcast. You're listening to Liam Norbell and this is Hospitality News brought to you by the Industry Titans. Today we have a very special Titan on the show. His name is Mark Curtin and he is the CEO of The Felix Project. The Felix Project is a London-based charity that works to reduce food waste and food poverty. We're going to hear an incredible story of how the charity began and find out how you at home can help. Before we go into the show, I'd like to thank Benjamin Kaher from Live It Design. We've had some incredible response from that show. I hope everyone enjoyed that one. And let's get on to today's show. It's going to be a fascinating one. I'm very proud to bring it to you. Before we get to it, let's hear from our sponsors, Utilitrack. As one of the UK's leading commercial energy consultants, Utilitrack help businesses spend less on their utilities. There's never been a better time than now to review your costs. So if you'd like free help or advice on saving money on your utilities, email us at inquiries at utilitrack.co.uk or visit our website www.utilitrack.co.uk. And welcome back to the Posh Cockney podcast, hospitality news brought to you by the Industry Titans. And today's Titan, well, it's a different kind of Titan today. Some would say a god. Is Mark Curtin from the Felix Project. Mark, how are you? Yeah, good morning. Thanks very much. I'm well. And yourself? I'm very good. Whereabouts are you at the moment? Uh, I'm in Park Royal in our depot in West London. Thanks so much for coming on because I know you're a very, very busy man at the moment. Uh, I see you all over social media, you and the business. We'll get on to the Felix Project in a second. But uh, like I said, thanks for coming on. I'd like to start actually by you telling the listeners about yourself and, and how you got into working for the, the Felix Project. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I've worked in the charity sector for nearly 20 years now, mostly in London, but but also in some uh, national and international organisations, uh, working in all kinds of charities that pr- fundamentally, as you would expect with charity work, focusing on helping people that are the most vulnerable in society. Um, so a lot of the work I've done before in the past has been around education, health, tackling gangs, helping with social inequalities and those kind of things. And, uh, and Justin Byam Shaw, who founded the Felix Project, and I worked together at another charity 15 years ago. So when my predecessor decided to move on about a year ago, um, I was approached by Justin and the Board of Trustees. And to cut a long story short, three or four months later, having uh, been recruited, I, I started on July the 1st as the Chief Exec here. Fantastic. You obviously do a lot of good in the world. Why don't you tell the listeners the story of the Phoenix Project and how it all began? Sure. Yeah. Well, in 2015, Jane and Justin were devastated by the loss of their son, Felix, who died suddenly after a short illness. So what they wanted to do was to set something up in his memory uh, as a legacy. Within a year or so, Justin had founded the Felix Project, obviously named after Felix by I'm sure. Uh, And the Felix Project was set up because Felix himself as a young boy um, was very socially minded and conscious of of other people not being as fortunate as him. Obviously, when all of the sad story regarding Felix passing came along, Justin and Jane and friends of theirs got together to set up the Felix Project. One of the things that they recognised really quickly was that there was this huge amount of food waste right across the commercial food industry. Yet in a city like London, um, with all its riches and all its affluence, there are literally hundreds of thousands more, a million and a half of people that are at risk of hunger and malnutrition. So our role as an organisation is that we rescue food from across the commercial food industry. And that's right away from the farm to the fork. So that will be farmers, producers, manufacturers, wholesalers, retailers and restaurants, food to go places and any business that has food within it and has surplus food. 
What we then do is we take that surplus and we, with an army of volunteers who work in our depots and drive our vans, we sort that food out and we get it redistributed out to hundreds of charities, refuges, homeless shelters, church groups and other organisations that are working across the community to help people suffering from hunger and malnutrition. And that includes a number of schools. So we're in 130 schools in London and holiday programmes that help children at risk of what they call holiday hunger from being able to access food. How many restaurants in London are on board with the, with the charity right now? Are we talking five, ten or, or hundreds or, or what? Yeah, it tends to be a smaller number of restaurants, um, mainly because the restaurants themselves don't don't have anywhere near as much surplus as we would have, for example, in, in further up the logistics chain. We do work with a number of restaurant groups, but probably the most profound uh, in terms of surplus would be somebody like Adam Handlin's restaurant group, who are gr- big supporters of ours. Um, the other thing that we do with restaurants as well is obviously they have a huge number of customers that pass through in trade. So restaurants also work with us to help fundraise uh, and do other activities as well. So pro- probably in the region of sort of 20 to 30 restaurants that we work with in terms of food supply. And then throughout the rest of the year, we do a lot of other work with restaurants and restaurant groups on a fundraising basis, as well as other activity. What sort of fundraising do you do? Uh, so we we take part every year in a campaign called Street Smart, where restaurants around Christmas time will uh, ask customers to make a donation of uh, one pound that's added onto their bill. And that's not just exclusively us, that Street Smart campaign is a number of organisations. And then some of the other things that we do with restaurant groups, if I take, for example, uh, Adam Handling set up a, a restaurant in Chelsea this year, and it was purely focused on sustainability um, and using some of the surplus food from these other restaurants. A percentage of the profits were donated to us, as well as helping us to tell our stories to his customers and through their channels as well. When you first come on my radar, I mean, I've heard of you guys for the last few years, but when I first saw what you guys were doing properly was during Wahlburgers. They had, was it the, the Felix Burger? Yeah, we uh, we had a call from them uh, at the back end of 2019. We were asked to uh, if we would like to partner with them, which was fantastic for us. Not only did it give the charity great exposure through their channels um, and the Wahlberg family, but also one of our partner organisations, Greenhouse, got some young people to come along, spend a day uh, with Chef Paul um, and design the Felix Burger, um, which they now sell in the restaurant. And uh, a pound from each of each sale of that comes to us as an organisation. So they're, um, they're a relatively new partner, but really pleased to be able to work with them from since uh, about January time onwards. And if you are a restaurant owner listening to this, how, how would they get involved? Yeah, um, effectively, just contact us. Um, so um, either, you know, find us online at felixproject.org um, and, uh, and drop us a line or give us a call. Uh, and there's lots of different ways in which we can work with restaurants, whether that be fundraising and, and other ways of telling our stories about working together, but also through food donations. Uh, particularly appealing to us if it's uh, you know a bigger restaurant group that has a number of sites or venues across London where we can collect food from. And the other thing that we also try to do um, is work with you know with the professionals in the industry, particularly the chefs, doing lots of interesting, innovative, and exciting things where we can not only fundraise and get food redistributed, but do lots of activities that are, are ways in which we can engage people, tell our story, and grow the organisation. Before we jumped on this uh, this call, I spoke to two of my clients, uh, Happy London and Bosporus, which is opening in the next few months. And they are very keen to also uh, strike a similar partnership. So that will be great news. 
Yeah, fantastic. We'd welcome anything like that. We're, we're really keen to um, grow really meaningful partnerships that, you know, in the true spirit of the word partnership and is, is not a transactional thing, but where we can do lots of exciting and innovative things together. And ultimately, ask people to come and join what we call the Felix family, where organisations take you know, real great pride in not only helping to get food out there and to make sure that really good quality, nutritious food is distributed out to all those organisations and people that I mentioned, but to help be part of what we do and help tell our story, help us to grow um, and make sure that we can continue. Well, myself and the Posh Cotney team would certainly like to become part of that family, if that's okay. Of course, yeah, you'd be very welcome. It'd be a, a fantastic addition to the, the Felix family, as I say. Before we ask any more questions, we're going to hear from our sponsors, Utilitrack. Hello, it's Gerard from Utilitrack and we're delighted to be sponsoring today's podcast. We have a couple of tips for you. In the current pandemic, your business is going to be using less gas and electricity. So do make sure where it's safe to do so that you provide regular meter readings to your supplier. This will prevent you overpaying and building up an unnecessary credit. And don't just cancel your direct debit. Most utility contracts have a price discount built into them for paying by DD. If you can cancel that direct debit, you're likely to pay a penalty. Mark, what's the biggest challenges you face? Um, at the moment, there's been a, a real disruption to the to the business in terms of food supply. So one of the things that we're constantly looking to stabilise, if you like, is the volume of food and the types of food that are supplied to us. We've seen quite a big impact initially when the restaurant and hospitality industry was was impacted really hard in mid-March or you know when when the lockdown kicked in. First of all, that did result in lots of food that was donated, you know, really really generously. Um, to us by the industry but then equally the logistics chain and all those suppliers and so on saw quite a lot of disruption which you know I won't need to tell your listeners about and what that's meant is that food generally speaking whilst there is a lot of food coming our way in April for example we were able to rescue and redistribute over 800 tons of food across London Um, it's become quite sporadic and sometimes there's dips in certain types of food, whether it be fresh or ambient or meat or fish or whatever. So we really want to work with the food industry to try to get a stable supply of food on a long-term basis so that we're able to guarantee as much as it is possible to guarantee when it comes to surplus food, um, the food to all the organisations which we redistribute it to. And I think the other one then is, is on the other side of things, which is how we can run the business, if you like, run the charity as a business. We're looking to grow. We've scaled up significantly since COVID-19 kicked in in March, and we're now distributing four, on some days, three or four times as much food. That comes with cost. We need more people, resources. Um, And I think the other thing that's also been a big challenge for us is making sure that we can tell our story and grow our reach to more people who want to support and help us in all kinds of different ways. What other ways has coronavirus affected your business and how you run your business at the moment? Yeah, well, we've had to be really mindful, obviously, of health and safety. Um, We've made sure that we've been able to get regular communication out to our huge army of staff and volunteers um, to follow the distancing guidelines to make sure um, just this week we were really lucky to to receive a a huge supply um, of masks, gloves and antibacterial 
gel which means that we can continue to make sure that we keep everybody as safe as is possible obviously it's never going to be zero risk um, but we're really thankful to everybody and we try as, as hard as we can to make sure that everybody is first and foremost health and safety and, and staff and volunteer well-being is at the forefront of what we do I think the other thing that's also impacted us quite a bit aside from seeing a significant impact initially on our fundraising abilities which we've been able to, to address thanks to a fantastic campaign um, that's been run by the Evening Standard and, and its sister paper, The Independent, um, has also been making sure that we address the need for growth by having an, the amount of people that we need to run the organisation. And what I mean by that is at first we were concerned that there was a risk to losing lots of our volunteers due to illness. We sadly had to ask a number of our older volunteers who were in that vulnerable group of over 70s to pause their volunteering with us. But thankfully, we've managed to overcome that. We had a thousand people sign up to volunteer with us um, in the first three or four weeks, which meant we then paused volunteer recruitment, ironically enough. Wow. Um, but the big challenge for us going forward is to sustain what we do. Um, you know, long after the health crisis has gone, there will be a food crisis or a hunger crisis. Before this all started, we estimated that there are about one and a half million people in London at risk of food poverty and, and what they call food insecurity, which effectively leads to hunger and malnutrition. Once the economic impact of COVID-19 starts to really hit home for people, we expect to see a significant increase. And therefore, very simply, the demand for what we do will just increase and increase, probably, sadly, for, for a number of years to come. Do you get a lot of support from the government for your charity? Yeah, we've, we've had a number of government grants that we've been beneficiaries of. Um, we work very closely with various government departments, particularly DEFRA and then the non-government department of RAP, which provides a lot of guidelines and support for our industry as a whole. Um, ben Elliott, who is the government's food waste champion, um, is a big supporter of ours and advises and guides and helps us. What we do is very much on the government's radar um, and the government do a huge amount to help not just us but our whole industry to continue to rescue more food from the commercial food industry and get that redistributed out to as many organizations as possible helping the most vulnerable in society and i've seen that you've had a quite a big celebrity um, volunteer program running at the moment you, you've had my good friend jack whitehall doing it a couple of weeks ago and uh, i've seen some other stars how has that come about and how's that worked for you so far yeah, it's been fantastic and it's really nice, you know, it brings new audiences, it brings some more interest, it helps us to be able to tell our story and reach more people and, you know, Jack has been absolutely fantastic. Um, we understand Jack uh, heard about what we were doing through the Evening Standard campaign uh, and reached out and got in touch, as, as did a number of others. We've been lucky enough to have visits from Olivia Coleman um, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge have also been part of the, the campaign. So that has helped us to really raise our profile as well as you know take advantage of their time to come in and want to help and uh, and do things um you know help work alongside the volunteers and the staff team to, to get food out there and jack when he came in a couple of fridays ago ended up also having to push a van down the road where they uh, where there'd been a bit of a problem with the electric so so that was fantastic i heard he was driving at the time he was yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, if, you'll have to ask him if you're a friend of his you'll have to ask him whether it was his fault the van conked out or whether it was down to mechanical issues i'm not sure i've got a question for you what do you class as success for your, your business ultimately our vision is that we will eradicate food poverty firstly in london and then who knows maybe beyond there is this huge issue of people on a daily basis families people who are experiencing hunger and, and malnutrition and if we can make sure that 
we can get enough food out to all of those amazing organizations that support them to be able to ensure that people aren't hungry and aren't suffering from the effects of malnutrition then ultimately that's success for us. We recognise equally that there's a huge issue within the food industry around waste. And there's been great steps that have been made over the last few years to reduce the amount of waste and the devastating impact that food waste can have on the environment. And therefore we take great pride in having not just one mission, if you like, but two. We want to address the issue of food waste by reducing it significantly so that it decreases the impact on the environment those missions are i can tell that they're very close to your heart and i can imagine every single person that works for you as shares the same philosophy and i really hope that the outcome is positive and we can all together like i said posh Cotney are going to be supporting the felix project now and, and i'll push all my clients to do the same my mind's ticking with lots of ideas that we could potentially do together fundraising events etc so i love what you guys do and i can hear the passion in your voice and and we spoke a few times now and, it, and it's fantastic what you do i'm sure the listeners are thinking how they can get involved so you mentioned earlier if you want to be a volunteer or you're a restaurant that wants to get involved and, and sort of support the project just remind us again how they would do that yeah so the easiest thing is to go to our website so that's thefelixproject.org um, i should just say at the moment we've paused volunteering um, purely because of the impact of COVID-19. We want to open other depots in other parts of London. So we will be recruiting people to come and volunteer um, and work in some cases for us as well. So everything will be, will be on our website. And certainly if you're a restaurant business um, or an organization in the food industry working with the restaurant businesses, we'd love to hear from you as well. Please do reach out. Bear with us if things are a bit slow at the minute. It's pretty crazy bonkers time, but um, hopefully via, you know, with, the support and help of people like yourself as well we can uh, we can achieve that that mission which is to grow the organization as i said before eradicate food poverty in london what's your favorite restaurant in london what are you looking forward to doing i ask all the titans that come on the show once this is all over and, and a level of normality is back what are you looking forward to yeah, I promise. I've promised my wife that we'll go to uh, we'll go to Adam's place. We'll go to Frog. I love um, that place, yeah. uh, Once Adam's restaurants are all back up and running again, Adam, I've become hugely fond and and a great admirer of Adam since since I started in this role. And I've got to know him quite well, and uh, having been lucky enough to go there a couple of times before in the past, definitely head that way. I think that's the that's the place I'd like to go to most. Do you have a few cheeky cocktails in Eve Bar next door? Yeah, it's been known. Yeah, not not too many, but uh, yeah, I a uh, bit of a penchant for that as well. <laughs> Fantastic, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I can't wait to work with you more in the future. Um, keep up the good work, and um, thanks again for coming on. Fantastic. Thanks ever so much, Liam. Really, really pleased that you reached out, and hopefully we can uh, we can do lots of things together. Great success for all of all that you're doing as well. It's great. Thank you very much, Mark. Have a great day, and speak soon. Thanks, Liam. Mark, that was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. And I wish all the best to every single person that's involved in the Felix Project. On to Friday's show, we head off to Malaysia. We have Joseph Ryan, who's the general manager at the Zook Atrium, which is part of the World Genting Group. Joe tells us what life's like in Malaysia right now and the incredible projects they've got planned post COVID-19. I really hope you enjoy the show and uh, thanks for joining us again this week. Don't forget, you can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter at Liam Norvell, or drop me an email, liam.norvell at poshcotney.co.uk. Before we leave you, we're off to our sponsors, Utilitrack. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you on Friday. As one of the UK's leading commercial energy consultants, Utilitrack help businesses spend less on their utilities. 
there's never been a better time than now to review your costs. So if you'd like free help or advice on saving money on your utilities, email us at inquiries at utilitrack.co.uk or visit our website www.utilitrack.co.uk. Thank you.